Welcome to Heart Church. We believe the gospel has the power to change your whole life, all your life. We hope you're ready to hear from God and be impacted by this message. Let me turn your attention to the scripture we're going to be working our way through this evening. Uh, I'm reading from the, the Passion Translation. It's uh, basically just the Bible in, in modern English, but it just puts it really uh, plain and simple. So Matthew chapter 16, the Gospel of Matthew, uh, reading from verse 13, he says this, that when Jesus came to Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples this question. What are the people saying about me? The Son of Man. Who do they believe I am? They answered, some are convinced you are John the baptizer. Others say you're Elijah reincarnated or Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But you, who do you say that I am? Jesus asked. Simon Peter spoke up first and said, you are the anointed one, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, you are favoured and privileged, Simeon, son of Jonah, for you didn't discover this on your own. But my Father in heaven has supernaturally revealed it to you. I give you the name Peter, a stone. And, on, and this truth of who I am will be the bedrock foundation on which I will build my church, my legislative assembly. And the power of death will not be able to overpower it. I'll give you the keys of heaven's kingdom realm to forbid on earth that which is forbidden in heaven and to release on earth that which is released in heaven. He then gave his disciples strict orders not to tell anyone that he was God's anointed one. From then on, Jesus began to clearly reveal to his disciples that he was destined to go to Jerusalem and suffer injustice from the elders, leading priests and religious scholars. He also explained that he would be killed and three days later be raised to life again. Peter took him aside to correct him privately. He re reprimanded Jesus over and over, saying to him, God forbid, Master, spare yourself. You must never let this happen to you. Jesus turned to Peter and said, get out of my way, you Satan. You are an offence to me because your thoughts are only filled with man's viewpoints and not with the ways of God. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If you truly want to follow me, you should at once completely reject and disown your own life. And you must be willing to share my cross and experience it as your own, as you continually surrender to my ways. For if you choose self-sacrifice and lose your lives for my glory, you will continually discover true life. But if you choose to keep your lives for yourselves, you will forfeit what you try to keep. For even if you were to gain all the wealth and power of this world with everything it could offer you, 
at the cost of your own life, what good would that be? And what could be more valuable to you than your own soul? Father, we thank you for your word and we pray that you will speak to every one of us. We thank you, Lord, that you've got a message for us that is for all of us. But Holy Spirit, you've got a message that is for every individual here. There's something, there's something here that everyone can walk away with knowing, knowing that uh, the Spirit of God knows the inner secrets of all our lives. He knows exactly what we need to hear. And I pray that every one of us would have ears to hear in Jesus' name. Amen. So I was thinking that, you know, it's, listen, it's, it's really great. I'm excited. There's a lot of work that's gone into it. Vision Sunday is gonna be a vibe. It's gonna be, it's gonna be awesome. No, no doubt about it. But at the same time, it's more than just an event. It's not just an event in the church calendar because it's another thing that we can make happen to make church flow. Um, you know, we, we need to prepare our hearts essentially for, for what is to come. And, and it's, vision alone won't work. If, 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 if we're going to believe for things, if we're going to see some things, before we even talk about vision, we've got to be clear that we've had a vision of Jesus. I'm not talking about a necessarily a supernatural vision. If you've had a supernatural vision of Jesus, that's awesome. I personally have not seen Him with my human eyes. Some people would say that they have and that's amazing. God bless you. But every one of us needs to be convinced we need to have had something deep and personal happen in each of our lives in, in a similar way to the way um, uh, Jesus spoke to Peter and, and, and Peter had had something supernaturally revealed to him. Every one of us need to have had something supernaturally revealed to us. We, we want to build a church where we're not just working with people who know about Jesus, but people who know Jesus. How many of you know there's, there's a world of difference? There are lots of people who would say that they, who would call themselves Christians who know about Jesus, but they don't know Jesus. And, 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 and yet the kind of church that every church essentially should be is a church of people that knows, that knows Jesus. Jesus is not just an idea or a concept. He is real. He's not an, an act that we're all fans of. We're not just fans of Jesus. You know, um, we've, we've, we've gathered around communion. We've gathered around the, the breaking of bread. That's Luke letters in that. And, and that is, it's, it's more than just it's more than, it is a meal of remembrance and it's so much more than a meal of remembrance. There's something supernatural that is taking place 
as we, as we break bread. That's why it's, it's actually not just a nice idea to come with a repentant heart as we break bread because it is a supernatural experience. We can't take that meal lightly. The Bible says there's consequences for that. And, and so we, we need to come with an appropriate heart to understand that, that Jesus declared, when you break this bread, it is my flesh. When you drink this cup, it, is, it, it represents my blood. It, we, we are talking about a flesh and blood Jesus. I'm not saying some, some people would believe that the bread actually does become the flesh of Jesus and the, the juice actually does become the blood of Jesus. We don't believe that. We don't believe that. But we certainly believe that those things represent those aspects of Jesus and that that meal has a supernatural power in it. But it's, it's an understanding that, that a reminder that we are talking about a physical Jesus. Love the fact that Luke mentioned that, 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 that he anchored the, the significance of that meal around food. But I also think it's intriguing that, that, that it was something that people took in is to remind ourselves that as we receive the, blood, the flesh and blood of Jesus, figuratively speaking, spiritually, that is true, that, that it's Christ in me, the hope of glory. It's not some Jesus out there. It's that Jesus comes to dwell with in each one of us. So Jesus asked his disciples, he says, who do you say I am? And of course, he had already said, who, who do other people say that I am? Because I think that the reality is that maybe, maybe you're here tonight because you've heard somebody else talk about Jesus. Maybe you've heard someone else talk about their experience of Jesus. And, and, and that's absolutely fine. It's, it's, it's absolutely fine to get into the room based on somebody else's experience. But it can't stay like that. So Jesus asked them, he said, who do other people say that I am? You know, people were comparing Jesus with, with um, John the Baptist, with Elijah, with, with Jeremiah, because they were, they were seeing something that they couldn't quite get their head around. So they do what most of us do. When we're seeing something we don't quite understand, we look back for a reference point to say, okay, I don't know, it's like that. It's, 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 he's like John the Baptist. He's, he's like what I would imagine Elijah to be. He's like what I would imagine Jeremiah to be. But there's a stark warning there because as they look back and try to find a reference point, they were getting it wrong. Because Jesus was none of those things. He was none of those people. Helps us to understand that when we're confronted with something we don't understand, we might not always be able to reference it from our past experiences. Sometimes relying on what we know can get us off track. But Jesus, Jesus set the stage and he says, who do you say that I am? Jesus was asking the question, not because he didn't know. It's, it's like Jesus knew, Jesus knew who he was. He wasn't fishing for a compliment. You know, who do you say that I am, guys? 
You know, that's why when, when, when Peter uh, stepped up to the plate and said, you know, you, you are the anointed one, you're the Christ, son of the living God. Jesus didn't go, stop it, man. Don't say that. Oh my gosh, Peter, you're always doing stuff like that, man. Don't say that. You know, Jesus accepted the truth of, of the moment because Jesus knew who he was. So if Jesus is asking the question, it's because there's something more that is going on. And it wasn't, if it's not because he needs the answer, what is it? It's because Jesus wanted Peter to hear come out of his own mouth the truth of who Jesus is. There was, it was necessary for him to confess. There was power in confession because, because we believe ourselves. When we hear ourselves say stuff, we believe ourselves. So it's a fascinating thing to me. It's happened many times over the years and I'm sure some of you can relate as well. That, you know, maybe, I don't know, for some reason, you find yourself a bit discouraged or uh, you know, you're in, in need, in need of some encouragement. And, and, and somehow someone comes along and you find yourself encouraging that person. And then you hear things coming out of your mouth that you need to hear. You hear things coming out of your mouth, you go, mm, that's good. And, but why? Because God has sent someone along who also needs to hear it, but... He wants you to say some stuff. He wants you to hear yourself saying some stuff so that your heart can be encouraged. Someone actually came to me not too long ago and said, you know, I was saying some things to this guy and I wish someone had said that to me. And I said, but they were. You were saying it to you. You just need to believe what was coming out of your own mouth. So Jesus told Peter, that he had had a revelation of who Jesus is. To have a future with Jesus, you've got to have a personal revelation of who Jesus is. And I say that because there are many good things about church. Amazing things about church. You know, we, we get together, we meet we meet friends, we have a sing song together, we, you know, you, you get a motivational message and then you, you leave and, and it's, all, it's all happening again next week. And that's all good, but it's not enough. It's not enough. Something's got to happen at a deeper level. I, I've got to have a... Re Yes, I've got to have a relationship with church, but my relationship with church only makes sense if I've first got a relationship with Jesus. And that is something that I need to keep developing in, growing in. It takes work, it takes energy, it doesn't just happen. But that's because we won't survive on somebody else's experience. That's why when we believe in that Jesus is going to protect us from trouble, we're going to get in trouble. Because life's not like that. Trouble is going to find us all at some point. And, 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 and when you see somebody who, who really 
You believe they know Jesus because they've come through some stuff and you say, maybe, I don't know, you know, I'd love to know Jesus like that. Well, don't be surprised then if a bit of trouble comes your way. Because you've got to now prove Jesus. The only way, the only way you're going to know Jesus can see you through is when Jesus sees you through. When you come out the other side of a certain circumstances and you said, I didn't know that I could survive that. I didn't know that I could make it through. You see, you can be encouraged by somebody else surviving their circumstances, but you need to have come through some stuff yourself. When you've come through some stuff yourself, something gets gets built into your soul. It gets built into your spirit. That's how I know. That's how I know. That's how I can speak with confidence about Jesus. That's how I can speak with confidence about what what Jesus can do for a, a man, what Jesus can do for a woman because I've come through some stuff. He has helped me through. Even though I've walked through the valley of darkness, He's been my shepherd. He's shown me the way. He's been my light. God has gone ahead. And I know it because I've experienced it. And we need people who know it because they've experienced it. We've got to know it for ourselves. God is looking for some people who have made up their mind. Turn to someone and say, make up your mind. You've got to, there comes a place where I might not understand everything. I'm not, I know that Jesus is a bit like John the Baptist and I know that he's a bit like Elijah and I know he's a bit like what I imagined Jeremiah to be and I don't get all this going on, but I know, I know there's something here. I know there's something here. It was like the first time I, I came to church. You know, like I was, I was incredibly cynical about, about um coming to church because, you know, I thought I was brought up far from the things of God. And in my understanding, Christians were weird. I wasn't wrong, to be fair. But, but what I found was there was something more than that. There was something, the unexplainable. I, I saw all the weird stuff, but there was something in the atmosphere. There was something here that I couldn't, I couldn't get my head around it. And I knew I, I, knew I had to stay. I had, I had to stay for that. I had to stay. And I'm, I'm still here pressing in for that because I know it's real. I know He's real. See, when, when Simon Peter expressed, he'd, he'd seen something. He, he'd, he'd gone away and he thought about it. He said, what is about this guy? What is about this guy? There's something. And as he'd had one of those moments where he was just mulling things over, the Spirit of God had ushered to his spirit and said, he is the Christ. He's the Son of the living God. And when Simon Peter told Jesus who he was, Jesus told Peter who he was. He said, you're the Christ, Son of the living God. And he said, yeah, that's right, Peter. Only God could have revealed that to you. And I'll tell you who you are. You are Peter. You are a rock. You, you, are, you are a stone. And, I, I, and on the revelation that you have just expressed, I, I can build with this. I can build with this. See, that's why, that's why worship is so important. Worship is not the musical entertainment before the preach. It's not the trailer before the main event. Worship is not just 
about singing songs. It's, 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 it's a time where I lay aside my distractions. I set aside the things that are burdening my heart so that I can come and tell Jesus who He is. So as I sing, as I declare, as I have a moment of intentional focus on Jesus, I am distracting myself from the real issues in my world, but I am speaking to God. I hear myself make some declarations. Worship is an opportunity for God to do something in my soul. I, I long for a day, I long for a day where this revelation gets down into our spirit. I, I long for a day when, when the worship team is coming to me and saying, oh my, oh my they, they, they were actually, they were getting more back from you guys than they were, you know, they weren't having to wind everybody up because people came with a revelation that, that I need to, to tell, I need to tell God who He is. Because when I tell God who He is, He's gonna reveal to me who I am. Honestly, if we, we need to value what worship is. It's not just, oh, I love this song. I love this song. It's, great. It's actually not the point. It's actually not the point. Obviously, we all have got songs that we enjoy and, and, and they touch something in our hearts. I'm not saying that, but it's not whether we like the music or the song or not. It's my opportunity for me to tell Jesus who He is because while I tell Jesus who He is, He's going to tell me who I am. He's going to reveal to me in my spirit there is a transaction. There is something supernatural taking place. Worship is my opportunity to come and give. Yes, when I get to the preach, it's an opportunity to receive. But when I come to worship, it's my opportunity to give. The, the, if you don't know how important worship is, let me tell you, the enemy does. That's why you find yourself so distracted when it comes to the worship. That's why you find your mind full of stuff. You know, like, you know, I, oh, I've got that to do on Wednesday. Oh, I must pop into uh, Tesco's on the way home. You know, and sometimes you see it. You see it. It's like, oh, yeah. I've seen it. It's human. It's human. But, but, but through and by the Spirit of God, He can help us to worship because we need to get to a place where we receive that Holy Spirit exchange, that Holy Spirit transaction where I tell Jesus who He is and He affirms and reaffirms in my spirit who I am in Him. Worship fans the flames of my faith. That's why we need each other. I need you, you need me. We might not always like each other, but we all need each other. Because there's something that happens when we get together. That's why, that's why if you're a wise man or if you're a wise woman and you're married, you're gonna make an investment in your relationship. You gotta, you gotta keep having date night. Now I know, 
I know like you know that you've maybe declared your vows and you've, you've declared forever your love and all that sort of thing. Awesome. But it doesn't stay that way. You've got to, you've, the reason why you need to keep meeting and you keep needing to be intentional about developing your relationship because life happens. And, and I know that you're thinking, oh, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know whether he's the one. I don't know. I don't know whether she's the one. I don't know. I like that and I love that. But I don't know about that. It's like, you know, like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Let me help you out. Even, even, even if you get the perfect one at the altar, I've got news, they're going to change. They're going to change. You, you, that, that version, enjoy, if you get the perfect one at the altar, enjoy that version. Because it ain't going to stay there. Because we change. There's the version of us with kids. There's the version of us when our kids are teenagers. There's a version of us when our kids have gone. You have, to, you have to keep, even if you have fallen in love, you need to keep falling in love. You need to keep learning to love the version of that person that they are now. As I said, you know, we've been, my wife and I have been married more than 30 years, but she's not the woman I married. She's changed. I've changed. I don't know why everyone gets a bit nervous when I say things like, <laughs> I don't know why you're getting nervous about it. It's right. It's, it's, it's just true. So, I don't know. <laughs> We've, we've changed we've, in, in, in good ways. We've, we've changed. We've grown. We have, we, God has done some great things in us. You know, it's like, God help us. If we, if we are exactly the same as the people we were 30 years ago, there's something very wrong. But as we've grown, we've, you know, we've, we, we, we've learned, we learned to love. And you, the way you learn to love and the way you fan the flames of your relationship is by intentionally meeting and spending time with one another and, and, and declaring things and, and, and speaking positivity and love into people's life. In fact, you, you, you develop a love for each version of that person in the same way you developed a love in the first time. You never, never stop dating. Never stop dating. Never stop making an effort for one another. It's true. You know, like when you first meet somebody and you're making the effort and the aftershave's on and, you know, and, and then sometimes you find a version of them where they come and they were like, you know, they, they, they I mean, obviously I had, had hair <laughs> at one time, but like, you know, it's like we, we, we change, but then it's like, bro, you need to, you need to do something, you know, because um, that, you need to buy a new jacket or you need to do something for, for your wife's sake. For even if you don't want to, for your wife's sake. You know, comb your hair, brush your teeth, put some deodorant on, do something. You know, do, do, do what you need to do. Make, make an effort for the other person. I don't know, I just feel like I want to stay here a minute because we make, if, if we make effort for other people, if we make more effort for work than we do for the person that we love, there's something wrong. If, they, if, your, if your man sees you making all more effort to go out with your girlfriends than, than you do for him, 
or, or if, if he's making more effort to get dressed for work than he does for you, there's something wrong. You've got to keep investing in that relationship. And worship is like that. It's, I continue to invest in the relationship between me and my God to rekindle the love because life happens. Love needs that. Relationship needs that. So Simon Peter told Jesus who he was and Jesus told Simon Peter who he was because ultimately I'm not who you say I am and I'm not even who I say I am. I am who Jesus says I am. And Jesus said to Peter, you are a rock. As I said, with, that, with this revelation, I can build with this. Peter was a church builder. And we need church builders. You know, you can have church attenders. But, but we, need, we need church builders. Too many. In this day and age, we have too many consumer Christians. You know, they're shopping around for the church they like. I don't know, I tried there and I tried there and I don't know, I like this, I like that. that is, listen, I understand that to some degree. You, you, you go around and you find somewhere you like, but ultimately, if you find somewhere you like, then plant yourself. Plant yourself. Make up your mind. Be there. Be part of that body. Don't just be a consumer. Like one woman uh, said to me uh, a few years back, she said, oh, you know, I just... I get up on a Sunday morning and I say, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, just tell me where to go this morning. And clearly the Holy Spirit had apparently led her to our place uh, that, that day. And she said, oh, you know, I mean, firstly, let me just say, that sounds spiritual. It's rubbish. Just turn to someone and say, it's rubbish. It's rubbish. It's rubbish. It's not spiritual because the Holy Spirit is going to tell you to get planted in a church. He's not going to tell you just to be drifting around all over the city, believing that you're spiritual. That's not, that means you are not established. You're not contributing. You're not growing because you are not, you're not rooted somewhere. She said, she said to me, oh, um, you know, don't you just wish sometimes that you could just kind of, I don't know, mosh all the churches together because you see, I, I, love the, I love that prayer meeting there. I love that in that place. And I love, I love, I love that worship experience and all oh, the word at that place. Oh, the word, the word at that place is absolutely awesome. And she says, you know, like somehow I think, you know, if we just pulled all those things together, we'd have the perfect church. And it's like, well, it won't be that perfect, love, because you'd be in it. Because it's not about me and what I'm getting out of it. It's what I'm building. It's what I'm contributing to. We're not building the kind of church that suits me, that, that meets our needs. We're building the church according to His model. We're building a church that is meant to be a light in the darkness for people who are at the end of their road, people who are broken and lonely, who can come and find life and hope and freedom and deliverance and healing. This church is His church. It's not your church. It's not my church. It's His church. The church of Jesus Christ is God's answer for a dying 
world. And this church, this church is a supernatural entity. The church isn't something that is a building that we turn up to. The church is you and I. That's why you can't just go wandering off all around the city, drifting around, getting the kind of spiritually you want, spirituality you want, because God intends for you to be part of a body. The Bible tells me that I cannot love God in the right way if I don't love you and if you don't love me. So don't come and tell me you love God if you're not planted in a church somewhere. Oh, okay. This is not your church. It's not my church. It's His church. Don't mess with His church, you know. If you're visiting, you probably won't know some of us have been around for a while. We'll know that we were in South Africa for 10 years and we had an amazing time. It was just phenomenal uh, all the years we were there. But we had some really tough times as well. That's just the real deal. And, um, and at some point during our time there, there was a church split, which basically means that somebody else rose up and said, you know what, we're out of here. We're taking some people with us. And uh, yeah, the, it wasn't great. It was very painful, very difficult. And as part of that process, there was somebody who said to my PA, my personal assistant, if I were you, if I were you, I'd go and get another job because we're taking this church down. And it's like, it's, I don't know, I don't know, you just, my, my imagination, it's like, it's like, you know, God was just in His heaven and it's like when, when He heard that phrase, it was like, He went, Gabriel, did you, I'm not, you just don't mess with God's church. There's a whole heap to that story, but like if if there was any way that he, he should never have said that, he should never have said it because you are messing with a supernatural being. You are messing with the bride of Christ. That's why, that's why you... You can say something to me and you might get away with it, but you, you're going to see a different version of me if you say something about my bride. We're the bride of Christ. This is supernatural. This is, God wants us to understand that, that we are called. What, what, what Jesus was saying to these guys, hey, if you want to follow me, it's not just going to be easy. It's not just going to be lovely. It's not all just going to be smooth sailing, but don't worry, I'm with you. And I believe that Satan will seek to get us to take the easy route. Don't do that, Jesus. Don't, don't go there. Don't go through that. Let, there's a better way. It's an, there's an easier way. We don't have to go through all that. Satan's going to try and get us to go for the comfortable route, to focus on my wants, to to focus on, on my entertainment. But that is not the kind of church that God is seeking to build. And if we come here, we've got to understand that it's, it's not just about being here for the vibes and coffee in the atrium, but we're fishers of men, not keeping an aquarium. We talk big talk about playing in the stadium but won't get fit in God's gymnasium. In a world that screams me, we declare Him because He set me free and took away my sin. Do you know who you are? You're His church. So let's rise up and knock the devil off his perch.
We live in a culture that tells everybody they can wear a crown. You're awesome. You can do anything. You can be anything. But Jesus knew that there was no crown without a cross. The way to live, to truly live is to surrender. I find me by focusing on Him. I find me by doing it His way. Coming to Jesus isn't about Him helping me fulfill my mission. It's about me finding His mission for my life. As we read earlier, for if you choose self-sacrifice and lose your lives for my glory, you will continually discover true life. But if you choose to keep your lives for yourselves, you will forfeit what you try to keep. So we can't just talk about vision unless we're prepared to talk about sacrifice. Living your best life is letting go of what you think is best and trusting God with your future. Again, we read earlier, for even if you were to gain all the wealth and power of this world with everything it could offer you at the cost of your own life, what good would that be? And what could be more valuable to you than your own soul? Jesus is not a pretty little addition to your life to make it more bearable. He is on conditional love but He is not cuddly Jesus so we can snuggle up to Him and, sm and snooze so He can tell us everything's going to be alright everything is going to be alright but He is a revolutionary because He wants to revolutionise your life and He wants to revolutionise everyone's life who comes, comes to Him Jesus is counter culture and if we follow Him then His cause is our cause Jesus doesn't make life easier or Jesus doesn't always make life easier, but He does make it better. He does make it better. Sometimes it's tough to follow Jesus. Sometimes it's tough to do it Jesus' way, but it's always the better way. Jesus is kind and Jesus is loving beyond our wildest imagination, but He did not die to give us religion. He died to give us life. So we're going to talk about vision and we're going to talk about the possibilities of the future and we're going to talk about what we're going to be focusing on this coming year. But all that only has any relevance if I'm rooted. If there's something in me that goes down deep into the soil of who God is and I'm becoming who He wants me to be. At the end of the day, it all comes back to the cross and I was reminded of this, this verse of an old hymn. And when I think of God, His Son, not sparing, sent Him to die, I scarce can take it in that on the cross my burden gladly bearing, He bled and died to take away my sin. 
you've come to the end of this message. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. Stay up to date with everything going on in the life of our church by checking out our social media. Just search Heart Church UK.